Okay, now that we've watched the correct Megaforce, what do we think? Uh, that was sure a season. I mean, there was... Um, no. Oh, wait, what about... No, no, that was nothing either. Hmm. Oh, wait, no. I think my imagination's broke, Sid. I'm, this is my voice, two months on T-Sid. And I'm a rare flower that inspires gayness, Ashley. And this is Spranger Splain, where Sid, enthusiastic lifelong Power Rangers fan, takes Ashley, reluctant new fan, through the world of Power Rangers and Power Rangers accessories. And this month, we're going over a rather weird season that probably should have been better and more interesting, Power Rangers Megaforce. Now, what was Power Rangers Megaforce about? In Harwood County, life is relatively quiet and peaceful for five teens until some giant bug aliens attack Earth and a wall-mounted robot named Gose recruits them to be Power Rangers. Lots of weirdness and pseudo-crossovers with past seasons ensues. Frankly, not a lot happens. Oh, boy. Yeah, um... (laughs) So... There's, yeah, there's just nothing happening this season. So, we're going to briefly reference this interview um, from Denna Geeks by uh, Seamus Young uh, that talked about the production of Megaforce. And the gist of that um, I got from the interview, it's the interview with the story editor, uh, James W. Bates, is this this was definitely like too many cooks spoiled the dish because you had like what a lot of people were pitching for the season and then they finally settled on a pitch. You had what Saban wanted. You had what Tycar wanted. I think there was like a bit of what Nickelodeon wanted. So you had all these directions and it inevitably kind of just sounded like they just wanted to shove an anniversary season out the door. (laughs) Yeah. The weirdest part about reading that interview was when they bring up like things that Tycor didn't want. Like there was an episode that was supposed to be about like environmentalism and he thought it'd be really boring to have teenagers protesting with signs and i'm like i'm like you were you were a (laughs) producer on mighty morphin sir you have seen your share of environmental plots yeah and it's just like there's so often where like in like that interview like they would describe something that sounded vaguely interesting and then just go oh tycor didn't want that like, oh, Tycor didn't want that. It's like, do you not understand teenagers or what you actually wanted from the season? I'm so confused. Yeah, because it's so funny because I remember, like, uh, some interviews with the actors. They said Tycor was pretty cool to work with, like, acting-wise and stuff. But it just it felt, you know, and the guy was like, I like, James W. Bates was like, I don't want to bury this dude. Well, you know, in wrestling terms, I don't want to bury this dude. But right. uh, I feel like Tycor was like savant stuck in the 90s 
And so, you know, he was thinking of how 90s television was often interesting for kids instead of like, no, this is 2014. We're in a post like adventure, uh, adventure time situation. We're we're post Steven. We're like in like Steven Universe, I think was beginning to air. I believe so. Yeah, I think it's Steven Universe started in 2013. Uh, It wasn't like. And and Gravity Falls was also uh, airing around this time as well. Yeah, so My like, Little Pony Friendship is magic. You know, like, yeah. So you start having the sea change of like, especially in animated television, what people are into. Like, Legend of Korra was airing on Nickelodeon yeah. around this time, if I remember correctly. Oh as well. yeah, this is like a post post so, Avatar like, world too, because like, yeah, it, 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 and it even shows with like older like stuff in the Disney era where they had more stuff for kids to chew on. So it just kind of sound like, mm-hmm. you know, Tycor was kind of in the past, and he was like, "Well, this is you know, I feel like Nick was aiming this for five year olds." From the sound of Simon's interview with about Dino Fury and how he was like, "This is a show aimed for five year olds." So I feel like they were. I mean, that's. Fine. I feel like I, I no, like, let me finish. But uh, I was I was like yeah. Nickelodeon's aiming for younger, so he's working on kind of like the old way of making show for five year olds, like right. almost like eighties nineties ways of making shows for five year olds, and not like like kind of post like when you're watching stuff post for preschool, you kind of want stories mm-hmm. and stuff to hook you in. Yeah, I think. Like, I know this is definitely going to come up whenever we do our era overview, and, like, this has definitely been a problem so far in the two seasons we have watched in the Neo Saban era, um, is that, yeah, you can definitely tell when Saban in the um, Toys That Made Us was like, oh, I when I bought the show back, I took it back to the 90s and made it fun again. It's like, okay, when you took it back to the 90s, you just took about all the 90s sensibilities. Yeah. And didn't realize that's not how that works anymore. Yeah, it's <laughs> and it definitely shows. It yeah, definitely shows. It's one of those. It's like kids are kids were into it. I'm gonna say, ki- you know, I'm not gonna say kids weren't into it. Kids were definitely into like Power Rangers, but like it's definitely. I don't think it hooked kids very much. I don't. I think there were less kids into it. You know, it was. I. I felt. I feel like mm-hmm. you know. Kids know when they're being talked down to, and they do not like that. Yeah. But, yeah, I think you kind of summed it up with, like, you know, there's a lot of ideas that, like, nobody could fully agree on, except that they just wanted to get to the Sweet Go Kaiger, like, anniversary yeah, footage. Yeah, that's, like, the one thing everyone agreed on. Um, there were rumors, I remember, back in the day, that Toei... This is this confused you when I mentioned those rumors because you were used to like mm-hmm. post this season when they were just willy nilly gave them whatever. Uh, but there there was a rumor that Toei was very firm, and I can see it because it's Toei was very firm. Of like, no, you need to adapt Ghost Stager first, and yeah. That obviously changed when, you know, it was like, okay, what are our choices between Go Busters and Kyoruger? And they're like, Kyoruger, that one made us money. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, that did confuse me, because it was just like, but they skipped Go Busters for years before they made Beast Morphers. Yeah. Like, um, so, I mean, I could buy into that, and it was just like, 
Yeah, it was I especially because there is about like a few seasons since they started doing Power Rangers that they have skipped around, and you know that's all discussion points in the fandom that we are not going to yeah. touch on because I, I don't want, want to. I don't <laughs> want to touch on that crap either. So yeah, that's yeah. But it was like that was a rumor, and I can really see it with Toei because Toei is mm-hmm. Toei. Oh my god. Yeah, uh, you know, as a common writer fan, I feel like I can complain about Toei. Yeah, <laughs> they are. They have always been kind of, even with anime, not just with Tokusatsu, even with anime, they've owned. They've always been kind of a like, just bang your head against the wall. Uh, not as bad as uh, Johnny's Entertainment, but no, oh, nothing's bad. <laughs> Rest in piss, Johnny Kitagawa. uh but yeah it's just uh, i can i can really see that being an issue and so they just kind of breeze through it and even when they got to the kokaitra footage they were just like yeah i think the weird thing was that like reading about how they described ghost sager because we didn't really talk about ghost sager as a tokusatsu when we were like going through just megaforce the first season and like i was reading about the description of it is like oh they you know teens that were guardian angels it was a season that nobody really cared about and you know everybody just wanted to get to go kaiger and it was just like okay so it was enough so it was a season that nobody really cared about but you then did nothing kind of adapting from that season yeah also i feel that's i'm gonna say that nothing in recent years of super sentai i feel has topped go kaiger other than maybe kyojur in terms of like sales, mm-hmm. bringing kids in and everything, like they're still making Go Kaiger toys. They're still like they just had an like an anniversary uh, special, so it's definitely like it touched a lot of people. But mm-hmm. I, I would say it's a misnomer to say nobody cared about Go Sager. People decently care about Go Sager. I'm gonna say that like it's it's okay. not not unpopular. It's just when you compare it to Go Kaiger, yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I would say it would probably be like best way to describe that one would probably be like middle of the road, like pretty typical kids get into it type situation. Definitely not like mm-hmm. it wasn't like bad received, but it wasn't like like so well received, I think is a better way. Right. Okay. That but you know, again, it's like there's it's harder to sell the angel thing, which was very weird when watching Go Kite when Go Sager, sorry. Uh, but w- when I watched a bit of it, but Gokaiger, like, it has fucking pirates. Like, kids love pirates. Yeah. <laughs> Adults love pirates, you know, and. Yeah. Watch, watch our, our, our flag means death. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know, I get, like, I get why wanting that. And then, like, it's kind of weird that you kind of also, like, tied everything to, like, high school kids again. Because that, that was, like, the weirdest thing is, like, they were trying to set up that they're similar but not similar to the Mighty Morphin mm-hmm. crew. Like, they had a lot of callbacks that first episode to Day of the Dumpster and then plot diddly squat. Yeah, basically. Like, nothing is really explained. Like, none of the callbacks are really explained either. Like, they because they desperately want to be kind of an anniversary season, but they do really nothing that much yeah, with it. Did. And we'll talk more about it, that later. Obviously. Yeah, like like they, it's like we want the anniversary season, but we don't want to put any effort. Um, I think the one thing that always bugs people, particularly, and we might mm-hmm. touch this later with characters. So when Jake's the Black Ranger, when we 
in Megaforce. Um, and because there's no Black Ranger in Gokaiger, there's a Green Ranger. All of a sudden, he's like, oh, hey, Gosei, why do I have a, a Green Ranger key? And Gosei went, there is a great explanation for that. And then they get interrupted and it's never brought up again. I see. I had totally even forgotten that that happened. It's, it's, it just was kind <laughs> of a, it was the other meme of that series. If I can remember yeah. correctly, the, the the other meme was don't let go of your weapons. But the other one was like, hey, why am I the Green Ranger? We don't have time to talk about that right now. <laughs> get out there and fight. <laughs> yeah, there's. Yeah, there's, like, so much that, like, happens that they don't even bother explaining, like, why he becomes the Green Ranger, or, like, um, like, it's really funny is that, the, like, the, what happens with Robo Knight, where, like, when it gets to, like, Super Mega Force, like, uh, Troy gives a shit about uh, Robo Knight for, like, two episodes, and then it's never brought up again until towards the end of the season. <laughs> so funny! I think they barely did anything with their six ranger too. <laughs> like, all right. And then all yeah. of a sudden at the end of it, it's like, oh, like Robo Knight's evil and he saves Orion. <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah, and like Orion had a very interesting backstory about coming from a planet that was basically massacred. And they just like don't really touch on any of yeah. that ever. And then like there's no explanation about like anything regarding like the old ranger keys or like how any like how they managed to get any information from the past season like there's a database oh yeah that just looks like a regular web page <laughs> <laughs> yeah so here's a there's there's that um and also because of the fact that gosager and gokaiger had completely different characters and before when they did franken seasons uh, mm -hmm. like, the last time I think, the last total Franken season was MMPR season two and three. And yeah. they would not, with season two, there was no, the Die Ranger footage was all Zords. Like, you did not have the, and some of Tommy's White Ranger stuff. Uh, and then you had, in an MMPR season three, it was the Zords, just Kaku Ranger, then the Alien Rangers were the in-suit stuff. Here, you mm -hmm. had, like, the two different teams of suits, but, like, the Gosager team and the Gokaiger team are two completely different sets of people. It's, like, the big one people, like, really, the two big ones were, like, Jake went from this confident jock and everything to kind of, like, really cowardly and had kind of this comedic bit to his fighting, whereas, like, Noah just went from, like, I'm a nerd, and I I'm insecure about myself and how I fight. To like, I I am the most badass motherfucker on this planet. <laughs> yeah, that was like that. There was like that, and also just the fact that like, I think it would just get confusing too because they treated the Gokaiger suits as power ups. Yeah, but then they like they have the extra layer of power ups on top of that where they could access previous seasons. And I'm just like, I kind of just wish they had maybe, like, done what they did with Zeo and just be like, oh, your, your Megaforce powers are dead. Like, here is your Super Megaforce powers now. Because, yeah. like, I feel like having those extra, like, those five layers of power-ups was getting really confusing. It, it really was. And, like, especially since, like, you didn't, you weren't really using the Ghost Sager footage anymore. You were using Gokaiger monsters. So it's like, yeah, like yeah. you said, like the Zeo explanation would have it would have removed away removed away the whole thing with with Jake. It's like Jake, sorry, the the you know 
too much black energy in the marketing grid or some shit, you know, like there's too much peak energy. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and we had to make you green, you know, or something like, you know, like Zeo yeah. changed all the colors and nobody gave a shit. Like you could just be like, you're the green ranger now, Jake. And it's like, oh, okay. Instead of like, wait, why do yeah. I go from the black ranger to the green ranger? We're not going to explain that, Jake. <laughs> yeah, no. And, like, kind of just riding on the fact that nothing is really explained and nothing really happens. It's just that the acting is better this season than it was last season. Oh, yeah. But they're absolutely giving nothing to I work actually with. feel really bad about that because I'm like, wow, this is, like, a decently solid cast. Like, they have a good rapport with each other. Mm -hmm. They could have really explored things and friendships and all that. And it's like, here, they were given really nothing. Yeah. It's like occasionally have like a high school drama, like or you know do like these like really rudimentary plots, but nothing real. They didn't really have characters besides just a couple of different pastiches. Where like last season you had like this absolute drama. Oh yeah, like and like that either the acting was really bad or the directing was really yeah, bad. Just, you know, you had a lot of good. Like we could say. Like, there could have been more to extrapolate on the characters on Samurai, whereas, like, here it's like, you didn't even have anything. I remember there was, like, one episode in Megaforce that was the bully episode, but it was, like, centered around the kid being bullied. That, oddly enough, looked like mm -hmm. an actual fucking teenager on, like, the rest of the cast. <laughs> like, this is yeah. an actual 15-year-old. You're pushing 20. Um, yeah. You know. Uh, you know, it's like Troy saves him and, you know, the bullies learn a lesson through the kid later saving their lives. It's yeah. like there was nothing that revolved around Troy. I think like the one time there like the, the times that were revolved around it were like the flower episode, which you will get to um, in a good mm -hmm. way. And like, I think like there's like another episode with Troy that involved like the guy who lied about being the Red Ranger. Yeah, which that was actually a pretty decent episode, all things considered. Yeah. But I still could not tell you what Troy's personality was outside of that. Yeah. Which I guess that gives us a transition to talk about our characters. I just love that uh, on our outline, I have characters, I guess. Yeah, because it's, it's a little dire this season, guys. They, they at least have last names. They do. They do have last names this season. Uh, we, we will start with Troy uh, Burroughs, our Red Ranger. He's new in town. Yeah. I kept making that John Mulaney joke every time. Like, they would mention the fact that, oh, Troy, he's new here. I was like, <laughs> he's in town. new in town. I'm gay. I'm going <laughs> to shove him. Just, I'm going to push him. I'm going to push him. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so Troy's, yeah, Troy's introduced as being new to Harwood County. He's new in town. And, uh, that's it, really. Yeah. Like, Troy never really gains a personality outside the fact that he's new in town and is kind of out, an outsider to the rest of the Rangers who've been friends since they were kids. Uh, and just kind of, he's super cool leader dude. Look how cool as a cucumber he is and stuff. Uh, there's a thing, like, there's an interesting thread that they started in the first episode, which is he was asleep on the bus going to school, and he has a dream where he he sees the legendary battle at the end of the series. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, okay, is he, like, some chosen, and, you know, they're, they're doing all the, like, things around him that, like, oh, he's, like, a chosen one. They're doing kind of the pastiche of that. 
And then they don't do shit yeah. with it. Like, no. Yeah, because it's like, because they do set it up as like similar to previous seasons, like maybe with like Dylan in RPM or Nick from Mystic Force, mm-hmm. where like, yeah, they're the, they're, you know, they're the stoic leader types, but you know, they, you can clearly tell that they have like some sort of backstory or like something that is bring that is like pulling them towards the action. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, so you're not going to explore why Troy's having these dreams or what any of that means or if there's like an extra element here. No, okay, we're just we're just going to completely ignore yeah, that. He's just leader man. Yeah, like that's the thing is just that I feel like okay, if you broke down for me like at least the the main five rangers, going to leave Ro- uh, Robo Knight and Orion out of this. Like, I feel like I could tell you, like, the general personality pastiche of the four other rangers, but when it gets to Troy, I'm just like, he's the leader? He's, like, I cannot tell you anything about him as a character. He's the leader, and, like, like, they really were kind of doing this whole chosen one thing. Like, the bully episode I know came early and everything. Like, okay, he has that cool leader vibe. He's supposed to be kind of the chosen one to bring the rangers together. And it's just like. Yeah. I'm like, that was a waste. Uh, There was that thing, though, in Super Mega Force, which that was a very, (laughs) very weird episode. Because you had that thing with, like, Noah learning how to do the sword thing and everything. It's kind of the, the, the. the main plot and the B plot was trying to mesh together with the never a ranger never lets go of their weapons. Yeah, okay, that just made no sense to me because it's like, okay, so that entire episode is the crossover sort of episode with uh, Jungle Fury. So, like, it's all about, like, it ends up with uh, Emma and Jake learning Pai Shua and how to access their animal spirits. Which, okay, makes sense. But then, like, there's, again, there's that plot line about, like, Noah trying to learn how to use that sword uh, no, I, and failing. Okay, this is so fucking funny. But, like, this yeah. is how much these, these, these fucking, like, things run together. This was a separate episode I was talking about. I think you're right on the Never Let Go was on the Pai Shua episode. It was absolutely the Pai Shua episode because they were learning how to use their animal spirits and basically attack the mon- like, attack the monsters. I, I think they were loogies, is what they were called. Which, ew. Yeah, um, no, I just so attack the monsters without using weapons. Yeah, it's just if like this stuff bleeds so together because that's a separate episode I was talking to. They just kind of convoluted in my head. So that that is another yeah. point against the show. I can't tell your episodes apart. Yeah, and so like. I remember, I remember this fucking episode because it's one of the two episodes I can actually say that I liked. Yeah, the the <laughs> Pai one was pretty solid. And yeah, he was just like, never let go of your weapons. Like, you could go train with them to be a Pai Shua. Like, you could train in your pie, with your animal spirit and stuff. Troy, fuck that. Weapons. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, because yeah, it's just like, that's never been a thing in Power Rangers before. Especially when, like, you think back to MMPR where, like, they would have literal, like, hand-to-hand karate fight scenes with the putties before they even morphed. Yeah, and like, the three the three kind of roles of Power Rangers that just goes throughout Power Rangers uh, is um, 
never use your powers for personal gain. Uh, mm-hmm. Never escalate a uh, never escalate a battle unless Rita forces you to or anyone forces you to. And keep your identity secret. Keep your identity secret is almost it's hit or miss depending on the season. Depends on the yeah, season, but yeah. almost the other two are there. It's never a ranger is never supposed to let go of his weapons. Yeah, so that just confused me. I was like, that's never been a thing in Power Rangers before. I should know. I spend too much of my time watching this fucking show. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, that, that that is why that became a meme. It's just because everyone's like, what the fuck? This is too funny. Yeah, because he's like, he says it multiple times in the episodes. Like, never let go of your weapons. Don't let go of your weapons. Blah, blah. Then, like, at the end when it's just like, here, we've learned this skill. He's like, oh, I guess you can let go of your weapons. Like, yes. I think I, <laughs> this has been a thing. I think it's because, like, they were trying to match up the best they could with the Gokaiger episode. Which, the Gokaiger mm-hmm. episode, um, the Go- uh, actually, like, did stuff with, you know... Geki Ranger, I think Bond came back. Mm-hmm. He was Geki Red. So, uh, yeah, you know, they, they did this whole thing, and you know, and it, it it's like it's explained better with that footage there. So I felt like they were trying to make the B plot make sense, and that was the best they could do. And I'm like, you could try harder. Yeah, <laughs> that they didn't try very hard at no. all. Wait, I think we spent too much on Troy. He's kind of boring. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's less about Troy and why Troy does absolutely nothing for the plot. Yeah, it's just there. So we're, we're on Noah Carver, who's the Blue Ranger. Uh, nerd. Yeah, that that's basically Noah. He's a nerd and, like, they bring up the fact that he loves cryptids, but, like, that barely gets yeah, used. Yeah, I kind of hate how that gets used. Like, doesn't even get used. Uh, what just reminds me of how he's first introduced because uh, Emma, it was like Mr. Burley, the science teacher, asked like who would rule the ro- like the world next, and I think it was supposed to like tie into the rest of the season with the insects yeah. and then like the, you know the, the like metal empire and stuff. There, you know, Emma raises her hands and go, insects would take over after us, and then Noah goes, no, it would be robots, and I'm going to my back of my head, robots aren't living. Yeah, like, that's that's the confusing part, is just, like, uh, yeah, mo- most likely, because I've been reading, um, I've been reading Earth Before Us by Abby Howard, which is a, it's a, it's a more of a middle reader, uh, series of books, but it's specifically talking about, you know, it, dinosaurs and ancient mammals and all, you know, any animal that kind of existed before humans existed, um, and that were killed off by mass extinction events. And I'm just like, no, based on what I've read about in those books this week, it's definitely going to be insects. <laughs> Not robots, Noah. Not robots. Sorry, that's my bone to pick with that. I, like I said, it's like that. I feel like that was supposed to set up like the first half having insects that they fought and then the second half being more like mechanical beings that they fought. But no. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, it's like he later talks to Mr. Burley and they talk about like Bigfoot and cryptids and everything. And I'm like, okay, who is Noah's favorite cryptid? And why is it Mothman? Because Mothman rolls. Mothman's the best. <laughs> uh, who who do you think is Noah's favorite cryptid? Let us know by tagging us at Ranger's Plane. Um, sorry. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just, and we already talked about like the whole thing of like he gets very confident and cocky in the sa- second half. Because in the first half, he's kind of like, he's Jake's nerdy best friend. That was actually uh, more of a good episode in Super Mega Force. 
where they swapped. Oh, yeah, that was actually, that was a pretty good episode now that I'm yeah, thinking it, about it. Yeah, it just mostly dealt with the fact that uh, the actors are just really fucking good at pretending to be each other. That's, mm-hmm. That was another thing we talked about is the acting caliber is so much better this season. It's like, yeah, like the 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 two actors were just like, okay, well, I'm Noah now, so how would I be like Noah? And the other one's like, well, how would I interpret Jake? And it was very good. The the actual writing for it was almost was pretty trashy, but the acting is what made that episode. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. And like but yeah, with that second half footage, it would bring up these weird parts where like Noah co- completely smokes one of the like the generals, what? if I remember oh, right. Yeah, because it's like there's this huge complicated relationship in the in the Sentai. Which I know, don't bring up the Sentai for everything, but it's important because, like, it goes to this climactic fight that you see in Super Mega Force, and they don't build up to it or anything. He, he just blows right. the guy up. And you're like, okay, that was weird. It's like, damn, Noah, okay. <laughs> I was like, that's two Blue Rangers in a row that just blew up a dude. Yeah, because, I mean, at least with, like, last season, it kind of worked. This season, it just came out of nowhere. Yeah, it's like, Kevin went to save Jaden. Like, it was this whole buildup of Kevin needing to realize that Jaden is who he also needs to protect. So, you know, here's Jaden, and he's vulnerable, and Kevin kills him and joins, you know, basically out of, kind of out of nowhere, but mostly to show, like, I'm still loyal to you, Jaden. Whereas this is just like, ah, you, yeah, no, you sure killed that dude. Yeah, and then, like, the other thing about Noah that kind of gets me is that, like, at some point I realized, I think it was in the episode with the jokes, as, like, oh, Noah is autistic-coded, but in the Sheldon way. Where, like, that's, like, I don't know how to properly describe that, but it's, like, you just remember, like, in that era, time of the 2000s, where, like, Big Bang Theory just had a chokehold on fucking everything Mm nerd-related. And I'm not saying there aren't autistic people like that, but it's, like, it is a small, like, there's, like, a very small representation of what autism or what we would know, like, what would be labeled as Asperger's, even though, like, that, like, nobody really is using that term as much anymore. Like, it's a very narrow field of what it is when it is an entire spectrum. Entire spectrum (laughs) of beautiful people. Yeah, um, so, but yeah, that just kind of comes across as that there is definitely the ways of, like, he has the typical, like, quote-unquote nerd or, like, again, Sheldon from Big Bang Theory, like, showings of, like, being, like, a nerd where he doesn't understand why most jokes are funny or, like, over-explains everything, but, like, he'll find jokes about science funny, and I was like, I I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah, like, get me off this ride. Yeah, because I feel like it's been a while, because, like, even, like, we haven't really had a season where the smart person was just solely the nerdy smart person since, like, Billy and, like, going back to Zeo. Yeah. Um, or even if you want to go back to MMPR, where he was, like, strictly the nerd. Yeah. Or Zeo, he did actually have a little bit of character arc, even though it went terrible places um (laughs) yeah but like i don't i feel like we haven't had like a strictly smart person on the team that was just the nerd for a while it's been it's been a while like yeah and i'm like i don't know how i feel about that at this point it's it's kind of funny considering that 
like the one good good thing you can definitely take away from the 2017 movie uh which came out during this era uh mm-hmm. is the fact that billy in that movie was uh, like they wrote him to be explicitly autistic and they wrote him to like ha- you know basically he's not really great at controlling some of his emotions or he'll just never explain like info dump on you but overall mm-hmm. he's like a really caring like good person instead of being like yeah meet morp i'm robot yeah so like and, and like the actor i cannot remember his name right now i'm sorry like the actor was not autistic himself, but he did actually go and research how to be like portray that without being a stereotype. I of think R.J. Siler. What? Yeah, R.J. Siler. That's it. Yeah. Like he, like he. It sounds like he actually did go and do his research about how, you know, what like how an autistic person acts instead of just focusing on like, well, I'll either be the um, you know, kind of go the full. I won't say the full quote there from Tropic Thunder, but yeah. you know the one I'm thinking. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, kind of your, you know, portrayal of the more, like, low-functioning, like, I am Sam or whatever. Or kind of just go the full, like, Sheldon route or basically, I'm trying to think of who else in, like, film. Basically that quote-unquote, like, Asperger's high-functioning, very cold, very, like you know unfeeling kind yeah. of like no like he he clearly did his research yeah but like i think that's just sort of a consequence is that we've had so many like nerd characters at this point especially like around this time when big bang theory is on oh, the yeah. air um that <laughs> like it is you sort of just have like your smart characters just sort of end up getting coded that way yeah, and- yeah, Noah no, has the unfortunate flaw of being written around the time Big Bang Theory was super huge, so. Yeah. Um, <sighs> let's move on to Emma Goodall. Yeah. Who, she's basically a Disney, Disney princess at Cinnamon Roll. Like, a lot of them, like, when it was focused on her, like, she was a big environmentalist, when stuff got focused on her, it's about how much she loved the planet and Earth and... Like, at one point, she was singing for the flowers to bloom, and, like, you know, birds are flying around her, and flowers are blooming for her, you know. Yeah, when that happened, I just assumed, oh, does she have some sort of environmental power? And they never bring yeah, that up again. they just bring up that her mom's dead, and then that's not brought up ever again. <laughs> yeah, like, what was up with the, that? The really <laughs> casual drop of, like, my mom sung it to me when, when I was young. I miss her, and it's... <laughs> yeah, like you don't meet any parents of the Rangers, so but like it's very explicit. Oh yeah, Emma has a dead mom. I actually had a very dark fan theory once that it's like they were all orphans, and that's why Gose like chose them because he's like, no one's gonna give a shit if they die. Oh, I was like, that's that. Uh, how old was I? Like, I I was obviously like that was the perfect age, like. Yeah, I was like 27, so 20, 26, 27. So I was slowly getting out of that stupid shit. Yeah, that's basically like all they really get into with Emma and her background is that she really loves the environment. She's a great photographer. 
And she's basically a Disney princess because she can make the flowers bloom when she sings and her mom is dead. (laughs) Like a Disney princess. Like a Disney princess. Yeah, it was like that joke from um, uh, Ralph Rex the Internet. (laughs) About like, I don't even have a mom. Neither do we. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, we have moms now. But they are just full of trauma. Yeah, that's that's kind of the new Disney thing. It's like look at uh, look at generational trauma through moms and yes, um, moms and grandmothers. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, also like the main thing we took away from Emma is that she's a lesbian. Like, oh my god, we are gonna like get think- to that flower. Episode. Yeah, go ahead. We're gonna get to that flower episode. But go on. Oh yeah, I'm dying to talk about the flower episode. um but yeah is that like i think they do i felt like it sometimes they did try to give her like a little bit of a thing with troy in the script but they never followed up on that because why follow up with anything and then i felt like they were trying to do that with orion and then that yeah um So, but basically her entire, like the most she had of a relationship he has with any of the characters in the cast is with Gia. <laughs> and it's just like, this is the, this is gay. So far from what we have watched, I have, I have just yet to encounter this amount of lesbian chemistry since Lightspeed Rescue and Kelsey met that astronaut. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and it's just like, I think Kurt made the joke while we were watching this, but there was like an old Simpsons reference. I went old, I think it was like the middle seasons, where like, they're going on this Hollywood tour and they go by Ellen DeGeneres and Anne Heche's house and they're just on the porch and they shout, we're lesbians! <laughs> and that's all Emma and Gia's yeah, vibe. Yeah, if, if this was written in today's Power Rangers, they probably would have been lesbians, because now we have lesbians in Power Rangers. God Thank bless. God. There are gay people in Power Rangers the show now. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, she she's she's but, definitely the 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 flitchy one. I she they're both flitch, but she's more femme. Yeah. And like yeah, basically and yeah, as we said, Emma's whole personality, she's too good for this world, too pure because like she's the she's bright and bubbly. She believes the best in everyone and like it's kind of annoying. Like, I love Emma. She's actually my favorite character this entire fucking, like, <laughs> season. But, like, it would get annoying at some times. It's just how perky she was all the goddamn you're time. Like, don't you? It's like, I know you're you're written to be a perky teenager, but God, like, the world actually sucks. Can you have, like, an emotion that is not, like, a relenting optimism? Which I think they, like, like they do get a little down, like, towards the end of the season. Yeah. Because, like, obviously things suck, but, like, I I just feel like there's not, they didn't really give much of her character, like, well, they didn't really do it for much of anybody, but, like, for, especially for her, it's, like, there's really no depth behind, like, her optimism. Like, they don't have it, like, what they do with um Emily last season, where, like, you know, Emily is the way she is because, like, she was bullied a lot as a kid, so she learned to, like, let that roll off her back, and be a you know be a positive person like you i can at least tell you that character motivation to why emily is so like chipper all the time yeah there's like poor emma it's just like is it because your mom's dead like we we could have expanded on the 
that is just one of those lo- like there's so sometimes in Power Rangers will just just drop a very dark thing on you and uh yeah that's up there with the Carlos in charge episode yeah, I mean, the Carlos in Charge episode is still peak Dark Power Rangers. <laughs> yeah. Of just like, oh, not when I say Dark Power Rangers, I mean what the fuck that was Dark. Yeah, Power just because it actually like like stewed in that instead of just like, oh, like this is a song that my mother taught me, and she would sing it to me when I was a child. I miss her sometimes, and then just never touch on it again. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa back up! Is your mom dead? Yeah, and like I feel like you could have done something with like. You know, my mom always taught me to be positive and see the best in everything, so I do my best to do that for her. It's like, okay, at least that's a character motivation. Yeah. You're giving me nothing. Like, this season, this whole season is, go on, girl, give <laughs> us on, nothing. Girl, give us nothing. Best tech. Like, somehow more than Operation <laughs> Overdrive. Uh, we're trying to be nice. We are trying to be nice. <sighs> We're, yeah. We are trying to be good, 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 nice people, but also like, oh god! Uh, at least we weren't howling in pain like Turbo. No, nothing, nothing beats Turbo <laughs> in terms of just Turbo in the first season. Let's let's move on to our second lesbian in the equation, which is Gia Morin. <laughs> uh, she she's the cool bad girl. That's basically yeah. her entire vibe. <laughs> Yeah, Gia, I feel like out of, like, they don't give much of the characters much development all, all around. We have covered that, but I think Gia is the least developed of the entire cast. Yeah, it's just, she's the cool girl. And by the cool girl, I mean, like, she really is awesome at everything. Uh, she's shown to be as smart as Noah. She's, um, you know, she's very athletic. She She's basically, she's basically the perfect prince. Yeah, no, she is, she is definitely Utena in this situation. Yes. Um, yeah, and she's sort of like, you know, we know that she's like tough compared to the other rangers and she doesn't really take shit from anybody. She has a, she so has a like, leather jacket and everything. Yeah, she has a leather jacket. So I'm like, why does this absolute badass lesbian get worn down by Jake by the end of the season? Um, we'll get to we'll get to Jake shortly, but yeah, that was just kind of like yeah. Yeah, it's like this. It's like you're trying to convince me this woman is straight. Yeah, this is not a straight woman at all. E- even before I really kind of came out of the closet and really embraced queer culture in 2014, I even picked up back then that that woman was a lesbian. Yeah, no, like that fully, 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 fully. She is a lesbian. Like Emma, I can believe is bisexual or pansexual, like a bi or pan lesbian. Mm-hmm. Gia, I'm just like you are into women and only women. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and so fortunately, she doesn't really get like. I'm trying to think. Does Gia get a focus episode? No, she's one of the. F- she basically, yeah, she she's the one who gets the least amount of anything because they just basically she's a badass. And she she just kind of becomes an object for Jake. Yeah. Really hurts Jake more than anybody. Well, I don't know if we want to get into that or not. Yeah, I mean, I'll, the last point I'll touch on is that she kind of, like, Gia kind of personality-wise reminds me of Taylor from um, Wild Oh, Force. yeah, like, if they could have tapped into that. But, yeah, like, there's so much they could have done kind of just carrying over that kind of character archetype that Taylor set up. Like, not go the full Carol Danvers route, but at least, like, you know, have her kind of be similar in that regard. 
And, you know, if they had ever actually done a proper crossover, it would have been interesting to have maybe, like, her and Taylor just be like, oh, you and me, we're the same. Yeah. But, you know, we don't actually get that. So I guess let's just move on to Jake. Jake starts out as kind of the soccer player jock type. Um, really, I, we'll really get into this, but, like, when you first see him, he has a crush on Gia, but he's also, like, really, really good friends with Noah. Like, Noah and him are super fucking tight. Like, that is, like, he'll even give, like, Noah, like, pep talks. Like, Noah's like, well, I don't know if we can do things because I'm a nerd. And Jake's like, come on, man. I had to learn how to do all this shit. You can do it, too. Um, and, you know, it's like, this is great stuff. This is great stuff. And then they just kind of parted on that. But, yeah, like we said, uh, before we get into that, uh, we just want to say it's like he's goofy in the second half because of the Sentai footage. I think the favorite bit of goof was, like, when he was in the, uh, like, free, the Ernie Freeze outfit, and you just, we just all thought of, how the fuck am I an essential worker? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it was also, like, right after, like, the, the city gets destroyed and they're rebuilding, so just, Jake had the vibes of, wow, how the fuck am I an essential worker? Yeah, that, that just absolutely cracked me up. But yeah, uh, Jake's main thing is that, well, we've achieved true gender equality this season because heterosexuality has finally ruined a male character in Power Rangers. <laughs> Everybody applaud. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so much like how I feel heterosexuality like ruins Cat, but I feel like I can salvage Cat in some way. Jake uh-huh. just got bulldozed by this because all he is all he kind of does is like he never fesses up to Gia he kind of goes behind her back he just kind of treats her almost like a prize or something and they they never have any actual flirtations or back and forths or anything and then at the end of the season Gia's just like yeah you're cute and I'll go out with you yeah, and, like, that's the thing is that she knows the entire season, like, the entire series in this case, like, and when I say here, I mean season, we'll refer to Megaforce and Super Megaforce. She knows the entire time that Jake has a crush on her. I mean, the, the Robo Knight like, thing, when she was like, go ask Jake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, when he's like, what is love? She's like, go ask Jake, I don't care. <laughs> she doesn't say that last part, but... Yeah, so, like, she clearly knows Jake has a crush on her, and, like, for the first, like, half of this, like, season, again, we'll designate that as Megaforce, like, she's clearly annoyed by it. Like, she even, like, before they get attacked by a monster, she's realizing, like, what's happening, and she's about to let him down, and be like, hey, Jake, I'm just not interested in you. And um, then a monster attacks, and that plotline just gets sort of dropped but it's more of like jake's like kind of going after her but he he in like a it just really heats up the second half on super mega force though it just comes to life there yeah and it's like yeah and it's like it seems like she's kind of relenting a little bit but she's still not actually like saying anything about it until like the final episode it's like come the fuck on like and it like it gets like kind of weird with jake because like especially like in that first season we mentioned like yeah he has these other moments where he's like does stuff with noah and they clearly have like a bond there and like you know there'll be times where you know sometimes he is charming but it just focuses on like his character just ends up being i am creepily obsessed with gia and i have a huge crush on her but i'm not gonna say anything about it yeah and like 
I feel like it would have been better if you maybe had like, yeah, he had a crush on her throughout the first season. Maybe at the beginning of the second season and or the first season, he admits to it. And she's just like, again, she just lets him down. Like, yeah, like, I would have been more interested in seeing that. Yeah. Like, yeah. similar to what they did with Rosa and Boyle in uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. Like, I, that's like, I feel like that would have been a much more interesting thing to tackle. Because uh, mm-hmm. it does hurt when a, a crush lets you down. Because I definitely think first season Jake would have, he would have been hurt. But he would have gotten over mm. it. And I think that would have been a, a better thing to explore. Especially, you know, that's a good thing to explore with kids. It's like rejection. We don't explore rejection too much with children. And especially right. rejection from others. So I feel like that would have been a really good thing to explore is how Jake would have handled that rejection. And said he just kind of wanted to do a Tom and Kim- Tommy and Kimberly thing. But you didn't put in the effort you put in with Tommy and Kimberly, which there was actual effort back then. We're not Mm going to be like, oh, that was, it's not the best written romance in Power Rangers, but there was actual effort like, oh, you know, Kimberly having a crush on him. And then like, they actually attempted to put the two together and put him on date. Like, you know, they'll build up to asking her on a date and a kiss and all that stuff. So they actually put an effort back then. Uh, But like here, there was almost no effort and was to the detriment of, jake to the point of like season like especially at the end of the the second half jake would have just i think he would have been brony frenzoni incel if he right got rejected by gia and i'm like that's that's right. not a good character progress that jake should have been on yeah yeah or you know he actually starts working up to ask her out and getting to know her and she accepts like that could have been another payoff it's like you actually need the two to talk and have a rapport that isn't i'm slightly annoyed by you here's dropping little weird hints okay now we're together it's like no it's gotta be uh jen and jen and wes are probably like a really good example of that of just kind of you build up to that point where they should have kissed uh you know, you you build it and you get people involved in the story and everything. You don't just plop it there. Like even even a kid, even a five year old kid, is gonna realize it is plopped there, and it'd be like, "What the? F-? They won't be like, this is heterosexual nonsense." They'd be like, "This is kind of weird." Yeah, like it's just I don't know. Like that's the I just I feel so weird about the entire like build up this entire season. Like, yeah, we've had like a lot of like power ranger couples in the past where it just felt like they did really nothing with them like last season <laughs> um they're they're suddenly but dating. like it, yeah but i feel like this is somehow worse yeah like <laughs> at least they're suddenly dating like they're they're you can maybe infer that maybe they they were doing something behind the, like stories we weren't seeing it just didn't want to explore it other things it's like no mm-hmm. this is actively someone just being near creep levels to creep levels of a human being to another human being and then the reward was hey you get with me at the end and i'm like yeah yeah i'd like to imagine they go on one date and then realize it just would not work just just gs <laughs> like jake you're gay go out with yeah. noah <laughs> yeah like, yeah, that's also the thing. He has more chemistry with Noah than he does with anybody else in the entire, like, cast. Like, that's, that, was, that was the date. It's just Gia being like, look, 
go ask Noah on a date. All right. I guess kind of moving on from Jake, now that we've ranted about how heterosexuality has ruined him as a character, uh, is Robo Knight, who is like an actual character in this show. Uh, I like heterosexuality ruins him. Uh, which, by the way, if you want to rewrite like Jake as a character in fan fiction, please go ahead. Because I kind of like the kernel of the idea of Jake. It's just like fan fiction can save him. Uh, so back to Robo Knight. Uh, yeah, he had... He went from kind of like, hey, sexy mama, you want to adore or slash kill all humans to being very human. He had kind of the like, I'm robot. I don't understand humans. And I don't, you're messing up with my mission to protect Earth to, man, humans are great, actually. Yeah, after one day at the library. (laughs) One day at the library and he hung out with a kid that wasn't afraid of him. So everyone everyone else was afraid of him. And he just read and read and read. This kid was like, whoa, what the hell? A robot. And he's like, hey, what do you listen to? Uh, Music. And then they bonded and he taught him to dance. And rap. Not just that, he taught him how to rap, too. Because this was 2014. Uh (laughs) Yeah, it was was real awkward. It was real awkward to hear a man doing a robo cop impression for Robo Knight doing a rap. Yeah, it was... uh... Certainly a time. Written by probably a bunch of cis white dudes. Oh, for sure. I'm I'm fairly certain. Uh, so yeah, he, he had a very interesting little character build. And I just, I remember like rewatching with you, I actually got attached to Robo Knight. And so I was really upset because I forgot he dies. Oh, yeah. Robo Knight has an actual character arc. Yeah. To speak of, like, it's not just like... Oh, well, I'm just gonna do my robot night thing and then dip fuck off for, like, several episodes. Like, no, he has a whole character arc that ends with him dying, I might yeah, add. Yeah, and, like, what happens to him, too, is, like, at the end of the, the first season is he, he goes missing, basically. Like, they don't even know what happens to him. Like, something happens in the fight that he goes missing at. And then, yeah. like, Troy spends, like, two episodes being like, I miss Robo Knight. And then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, I, I guess you guys no longer miss Robo Knight. And then he shows up again uh reprogrammed for evil and basically draining life away from orion and i think like after he fought the rangers he kind of turns good and his last saving effort was to give energy back to orion and save his life he dies off screen by the way yeah like we don't actually see robo knight's death we just know he dies because his ranger key like fades out yeah it's one of those things, like, that was great storytelling. Too bad it's in this season. <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel like if it was a different season with better writing, like, that would have had the emotional impact that they wanted. <laughs> Instead, it was just like, what, you fucking killed Robo Knight? Fuck you. Yeah, Magna Defender had a better arc than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know... <laughs> Oh, God. So, but yeah, basically, Robo and I told Deal is that he was created by Gosei to be Robocop for the environment. Which is, which is why I came up with the sticker idea of Robo Knight, maybe in like the Captain Planet logo, and it says protect the environment or I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> that, was, that was especially his energy for his first appearance, is just that, that bit from Robot Chicken. Protect the environment, or I'll fucking kill you. I am Robo Knight. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, which brings us to our other Sixth Ranger, which was Orion. Uh, 
he was he's uh yet another alien ranger he was kind of like they kind of mixed his like some stuff from oh what's his face he was annoying uh operate from operation <laughs> yes! Overdrive. i'm trying to remember the stupid annoying tyson <laughs> yeah mercurian because he was also like liquid metally um yeah but like it, like he had to deal with like he was enslaved on a planet um and then the planet got blown up and like he had to kind of live there like castaway style and build a spaceship to leave so he built this very interesting backstory and here he is now on earth with humans and he's interacting with them and you know he they do this kind of risky business montage um at the school and then he he leaves the school basically and it's like bye i don't need to go to school and that's all you really see of him like he just shows up every now and then the morphs and help the rangers but they really don't explore anything beyond that including like he gets a job at ernie's frozen yogurt and they don't even explore that yeah like how does he balance having a job and being a power ranger or like you know why was he like living in the school instead of like and nobody, like, finds out that he's living in the school, so it's just, like, nobody's like, hey, you can come live with me for a while. I'll just explain it to, you know, my parents that you're, like, a foreign exchange student or whatever. Yeah, or you can go live, apparently, with, like, Noah and Jake, who have groceries. I st- yeah, or, like... <laughs> and a cat. <laughs> go live with Gose, I guess. Yeah, Gose, like, Gose has cots there in a weird spinny yeah. fan. Like, you can, you can go live with Gose. No, he just kind of lives at the school, and um, really, uh, they just really don't do much with him, so it's like, it really sucks, because they had such, these little interesting details that they were kind of introducing, and then, just flat out fart noises. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love the last note you left here, it's like, had a proper job, unlike those high school losers. (laughs) That was kind of what made him different, is he had a proper job, and Ernie was sad when he left. And I'm like, I, w- I would have yeah. loved to see more of that, like, him at his job and building a rapport with Ernie. You know? Yeah, like, and, like, because, like, Ernie was about ready to hang his, like, his apron in the rafters, like, come on. Like, how was he as a worker? Or, you know, what did he think of human economy? Uh, you know, what did he think of human customs? Like, there's so much you could do, just like, you know, in Animorphs. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to remember the prince's name, but I just remember how, like, like, they truly made him alien. Like, he didn't know what the fuck, like, the taste of food was. Right. So they had to, like, they would occasionally have to stop him from eating ashtrays and shit. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm blanking on the prince's name, but like, yeah, it's like you you missed actually making a true alien character, and you just kind of like, nah, he's there, and now he's leaving on his spaceship he made, and uh, he's going back because he listened to the comms and he heard things are bad. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Um. So yeah, I guess that's kind of it for like our main characters. So kind of go to our honorable mentions, um, which starting with uh, Gose, who is uh, wow. I kept making jokes about how he he very much kept going. He's like this mentor just kind of goes out for a pack of cigarettes and never comes back. And I, I yeah, that's I a, thought I was ex- that's Gose's entire and life. I thought I was exaggerating. I'm like I'm clearly exaggerating for Ashley, and I'm like, no, I was not. Yeah, like, he literally just sort of, he'll give them their, like, missions, 
And, like, obviously he'll give them the power-ups occasionally, but he doesn't really do much in terms of being a mentor. Like, I feel like Zordon did more because, like, Zordon would occasionally dispense advice. Zordon almost felt like a helicopter parent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there, there were times where Zordon actually was was very much a helicopter parent. But uh, yeah, it's just, you know, he would kind of like really look into what the Rangers were doing, stuff like that. Or like Gosei was just like, what the fuck ever? Here's your powers. Bye. Like other mentors did a better job. Like I think like. Yeah. And like the thing is, like the past few seasons, it felt like, you know, the well, not past few seasons, but that's several of the seasons. Like, it felt like the character, you know, the mentors were, like, actual characters, like... Even, you even know... she was an actual character, and Andrew Hartford, and, um... Oh, I forgot the butler's name. Spencer! Spencer! We love Spencer. Why did I forget his name? Yes. Uh, but yeah, even... Yeah, so... Even in yeah. crap seasons, like, they were actual characters, and this is just like, I'm Gosei. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Gosei, yeah, Gosei just doesn't really do much. Like, he'll just, he just sits there in the wall and just barks orders. Uh, Explains nothing. Explains nothing, except that there's ancient things and I'm a uh, student of Zordon. Like, that mattered to the kids. You just, like, that was the other thing. He just kind of took these, like, there was no rhyme or reason why he took them. Because, like, it was very clear Emma and Gia just, they were friends, and they knew of mm-hmm. Jake and Noah, who were also friends, but they weren't, like, a friends group. And, you know, here's Troy, right. he's new in town. And, yeah. you know, unlike, say, in MMPR Day of the Dumpster, where it was very clear Jason, Zach, Billy, Kimberly, and Trini, they were all friends with each other. They had a friend group. And it was kind of random that Zordon took them out, but he 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 still focused on a friend group, whereas Gosei just took a bunch of random fucking teenagers and went, you're a team now. Here's Morphers. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, okay, Gosei, can you, can you explain your logic? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we liked Tensu, though, the or- adorable Alpha 5 type. He even had a little adventure. Yeah. Yes, I love, okay, oh, okay, maybe I do, like, more episodes from this than I thought, but not a whole lot, because I love the whole episode where Tensu lost his memory and they had to chase after him. The really, like, like, gnarly looking, uh, like, Froyo repairman. (laughs) Yeah, the the Froyo repairman who looks like an assassin. (laughs) Big Samoa Joe vibes. Yeah, it was just like that. That plot line was a little random, I will admit. <laughs> but you know, it turns out he was the the guy who helped. You know, was a Froyo repair guy. Yeah, no, it was like, but yeah, I thought that episode was overall pretty cute. Like and like Ten, because Tensu's fucking adorable. Yeah. Like, like we haven't really had like a cute little robot helper like that in a while. So it was like it, it was kind of a novelty, and I love the fact he kind of looks like one of like the. Mars exploration robots. Oh yeah, this is, I love him. If we were to make a sticker or shirt of him, I would give him a flower crown. Yeah, like and like though of course he also looked like Johnny Five oh, from yeah. um, <laughs> Short Circuit. He did look like Johnny Five. So there are a couple of times we did make Johnny Five is alive <laughs> jokes. Uh. So, you know, we, we, Tensu, I feel like, is just, like, 
Fred's probably our favorite character, one of our favorite characters in the he, season. He didn't give us much, but he gave us love and enjoyment. Um, and sometimes in a terrible season, that's enough. That's enough. <laughs> Um, our other honor prevention is every villain in this season was just such a nothing burger. I couldn't remember their names. I didn't even care to look them up. And I, I couldn't tell you the motivation of any of them other than conquest. Yeah, that was kind of weird. Especially like, you know, I feel like they had very good designs this season. and I, I But I can remember the name of one of the villains and that's Metal Alice. Yeah, because she had the name Metal Alice. Yeah, and, like, I think her whole motivation was just very similar to, like, but I don't want to cure cancer. I want to turn people into dinosaurs. <laughs> she was a robot with that motivation, basically. Yeah, it was it was kind of hilarious, honestly. Yeah. And then you had uh, Ernie and Mr. Burley, um, who I felt like they were supposed to be, like, you know, Ernie of the past, obviously, and... Uh, I know that Dave has talked about they were, like, looking to maybe make, like, a like, Billy have come, Billy, like, David come back as Billy and all that. Uh, it's just, like, they kind of were there, and it looks like they were setting things up with them, and then nothing. But I enjoyed them being there, you know? Yeah. I, I think they did add a little bit more to the environment, especially in a season where not a whole lot happened. Yeah. And, like, having Ernie, I felt like, was a very nice, tri- like, in its own way, it was a nice tribute to Ernie of the past and the juice bar. Yeah. Um, And, like, his, I don't, I didn't get the name of his actor, but he was actually pretty funny. Oh, yeah. No, he was super um, funny. Um. Also, like, what was the joke we made about Mr. Burley, where we were, like, fairly certain he fucks shit up in the pit? Yeah, <laughs> it's like, this is the type of old man that fucks shit up in the pit. Yeah, like, because he was, like, there was an episode where there was this really loud, like, grinding noise that sound, or at least loud, like, noise that was happening outside yeah, the school, like, and he was, like, going, like... It was supposed to be, uh, discorded music. Oh, that was it, yeah. And he's... And he's, like, oh, this music's great! Yeah, he's, <laughs> like, yeah, he's rocking out to him, like, oh, this man fucks shit up in a pit! <laughs> yeah, like... Just imagining him like the old Japanese guys I saw at Baby Metal that one time. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Mr. Unfortunately, yeah, Mr. Burley and Ernie don't get a whole lot to do. And, like, I think Mr. Burley, they did want to kind of have him be, like, an adult figure. But, again, they don't really give him yeah. much. Like, I think the last major thing he did in an episode besides stare out the window being like, Oh, no, we're being invaded! Was, like, talk to... Jake, no, doc, no, he's talking to Noah, who was actually Jake in Noah's body, just being like, are you okay, son? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> you seem off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, I mean, he clearly cares about his students. Yeah, it's, it's great. So we're yeah. finally at odds and ends. Let us talk about the gay flower episode. This is one of the first episodes, I think, of Power Rangers I showed you. Because I was like, you, you yeah. have to see this. And then I think after that, you made me watch a bunch of, like, stuff about the shield as a yeah i think that was the i want to say that was the compromise it's like okay i watched power rangers for you you were watching wrestling with me Yeah, something like that it's like okay well i because i was like i gotta show you this gay fucking episode of power rangers like okay well i gotta show you this gay shit in wrestling and and now now we're on a a podcast about power rangers in which we talk about wrestling so 
Yeah, no, it worked out. And you love John Moxley. I, I, I like, love John Moxley. You were trying to show me how much you love Seth, and I'm like, I love this weird-looking possum dude from Cincy. I have moved so past Seth Rollins at this point. I still love John Moxley. Oh my god, it's like, I, I literally, it was Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Finn Balor for several years, then Alex Shelley. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I... I liked Alex Shelley back in 2016. Oh, no, no, no. Like, Alex Shelley <laughs> was always very pretty. Um, yes. I just find it funny. I've moved anyway. from AJ Styles to Christopher Daniels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> weird old 52-year-old man. Uh, anyway, let's get yeah. back on track to the gay flower episode. Yeah, let's get episode. back on track to the um, gay flower episode. Uh, but yeah, I was like, let's watch you this. And you're like, this is super gay. And then when we rewatched this, I believe your words were, this was gayer than I remembered. Yes, it was. <laughs> and maybe, I don't know if it was just because I've been indoctrinated or whatever of so many seasons of Power Rangers at this point. I guess 20 or so. Yeah. Um, that, like, I've watched so much Power Rangers and, like, I've seen so much of the uh, the sideways. I'm like, they wrote this character as gay and I don't think they realized yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, especially that episode, it's just, like, it's the first episode you really get with, like, Gia and Emma interacting with each other. And, like, it's the... Because it's, like, the fifth episode. Yeah. It's, like, you, so you... it's So it's this episode where you're really getting to know Gia and Emma and their friendship. And, like, it's also the episode where... And this is, like, a reoccurring Power Rangers trope where, like, some... Like, the villain sows seeds of discord. Awesome. Like, through some sort of spell or whatever. I also thought you were going to point out the Power Rangers villain is somehow weirdly sexy. Oh, I was getting to that. <laughs> the the bee dominatrix. <laughs> I had forgotten she was a dominatrix. And they don't explicitly say she's a dominatrix, but she clearly looks like one and clearly acts like one. <laughs> It's so, like, okay, so you have this episode where it opens with Emma and Gia searching the woods for a flower that only blooms once a year. <laughs> <laughs> and they get selfies with it, and, like, uh, Emma goes and gets them printed out, and she ends up submitting one of their selfies to the newspaper. <laughs> Uh, and then, like, the entire episode is just about how, like, the two of them arguing causes discord within the entire team because the rest of the team, which is all dudes, gets kidnapped by the dominatrix bee monster. <laughs> and, and, like, they're they're not totally brainwashed, but they're they're basically being forced to do stuff against their will. Yeah, and it's just like... Wow, and basically it's like Gia and Emma have to remember how much they love each other in order to break the spell. <laughs> I just love the ending of it. It's like, I love it. Now everyone knows her best friends over the picture being printed in the newspaper. It's like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's like, now that's, let's just think of that Mulan meme. If now all of China knows you're gay. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, it's just, the flower thing really gets me. I, I can tell. Either somebody on the writing staff uh, was was a sapphic person, 
sapphic lady mm-hmm. or it was all men and they they just do not realize that like yeah if you use the flower metaphor no matter what age you're gonna write it as like people are going to interpret it like this is gay well rather this is womanhood yeah so basically also that because i know that like there's an episode later in the season where like jake is grousing about the fact that like emma like asked him to go to the like um I think it was like the was it like the butterfly conservatory yeah. or like no the botanical garden or something like that, and like obviously it's like it's a really girl environmental thing that Emma's into and that he doesn't want to go do it even though he promised. Yeah. It's like well suck it up and get it over with. Um, but also like yeah, it's just like the fact that like Gia goes into the woods with Emma to go and find a flower. It only blooms once a year and they see Let's this see. thing bloom. Yeah. Like, it was like, oh my god, the metaphor! Ah, subtext! 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 This is probably an accidental metaphor because this is a fucking kids show that was probably written by a lot of dudes. I don't know if Jackie Bernard was on staff because if she was... God bless you, you funky lesbian. You did it. Uh, but if she wasn't, uh, I-, I wish it would have passed her desk because she would probably be like, hee hee. <laughs> gay. <laughs> gay. It's gay. And anyway, um, I think we've talked at length of all we can about the gay flower yeah. episode. So kind of let's um, touch on one of the things about, well, the second half of the season with Super Mega Force, which is... There are crossovers with past seasons that they barely do anything with. Yeah, it's... I'm trying, you know, I try my best not to compare the Super Sentai with Power Rangers because they are very, very separate entities. But it's hard to compare it in terms of how they delivered on anniversary seasons. Uh, Because Gokaiger would... See if they could, like, it looked like they did due diligence of seeing. They even got people from, like, the 70s to come back. Like, 70s, 80s, and 90s to come back at that point. This is, like, in the 20-teens. So, you were looking mm-hmm. at 20, 30, 40 years ago, they got people to come back and, and do cameos and explore stuff with. And with Pat, and with this season, it's like they just didn't want to do any of that. Like, the one that really made us angry was the uh, one where they touched on Wild Force. Yeah, because they actually go to the Animaria because they need to find the Red Lion Zord. Yeah. And, like, I feel like that's a perfect setup to either... I mean, obviously we know in terms of that particular season they're not going to bring back Cole just because of what was going on with uh, Ricardo at the time. Mm. But, like, I feel like it would have been a perfect setup to bring back maybe, like, sh- like Shayla at the very least. Because we know that she's still on the Animaria. Yeah. Or, like, maybe Taylor or... Because Taylor spent her entire, like, adult, like, her entire adult life looking for the Animaria. Yeah. And, like, because they talk about the fact that, like, oh, we had a very... Like, they go around the world, like, three times trying to find the Animaria. And I'm like... I feel like that would have been a great, like, I have, I have brought, Gose to be like, I have brought in previous, like, Ranger, Taylor, to help you find the Animaria again. And, like, 
that would have been a great time to bring her in or any of like the other wild force rangers yeah and nope they just go to, they just go find the animaria and like find the the red lion zord and similar with rpm is that they end up getting sucked back through a wormhole to corinth but they only interact with the red um not turbo zord but you know basically the red zord from that season yeah and like i, I love the little go longer on the wheels <laughs> But yeah, it's like okay, so you you're giving us these crossovers, but you know we don't get to check in with anybody or like do anything. But like, so it makes the one episode that was an actual like okay. Well, it happens twice: is that they do bring back Jaden in Mentor, yeah, Mentor G, for one episode where they get the sam like I think they get the samurai swords. And um, I'm like, okay, they touched back on that, and it was kind of, it was kind of nice. Yeah. Like, Jaden's actor got to have a little bit of better acting, and that's in that particular um, his delivery season. of you'd ever seen a ranger order a frozen yogurt before, and of course they did this weird zoom on him, but it was a very good yeah. like comedic delivery. Yeah, and then like, so like that one was okay, but like this. Just extra emphasizes why I think Spirit of the Tiger was... I wish they had more episodes like that. So Spirit of the Tiger is the is the one we mentioned earlier that is the Jungle Fury crossover. And I feel like it's a nice little coda on Casey's character. Mm-hmm. Because Casey, like, he's still obvious... <laughs> the whole thing about, like... Okay, we'll touch on the whole Zookeeper thing. But, like, you know, Casey at the end of, like... um. Uh, at the end of Jungle Fury, he had the whole arc of going from being the new guy at the Paishwa Academy to, like, learning to become a Paishwa master by striking out on his own and following his gut and becoming a teacher at the Paishwa Academy. Mm-hmm. So, like, it was a nice coda to see that, he you know, he is a very established and good teacher that he can, you know, that he's got, he's gained the wisdom to teach, you know, these these new set of Power Rangers how to access their animal spirits. Yeah. Though, like, I, it is my own headcanon, though, because, like, they try to set him up that he's working as a zookeeper at the zoo because he keeps going into the tiger en- uh, enclosement and cleaning it mm-hmm. because since he has the spirit of the tiger, the tiger doesn't attack him. And so, like, and when they go to thank him later, they're just like, Oh, they they run into another zookeeper, and he's like, "Oh, some a Casey? Like nobody with that name's worked at the zoo before." <laughs> so like, and it just implies that Casey's just been sneaking into the tiger enclosure in the zoo, and no one's noticed. But I like to think he's just like, "Hey, hey, hey, can you just like if they ask about me, can you just tell them I've never worked here before ever?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, I gotta put a just, pin in what we thought about the who was missing from the final battle. Uh, when we get when we talk okay. about that, but yeah, it was one of those yeah. very interesting enough. Uh, Jason Smith, the actor who played mm-hmm. Casey, wrote that episode. He was a writer on the season, huh? So, like, I really like that he got to explore this character more and kind of write an episode about him. But yeah, it was like, and that's what was used in Go Kyger was that sort of formula of an episode where, like, the rain, you know. We're lost on what to do. Let's call on formal help or run into somebody who would know what to do from a former season. And it's like, 
the part that makes crossovers in Power Rangers so great, even when they're not the best crossovers, is seeing, just seeing them again and seeing kind of what their lives are like now. Like, yeah, the, the bare minimalist I, I remember of this being done was probably uh, Lightspeed Rescue's crossover. <laughs> Right, with, uh, time force where it's just like, oh, we just mm-hmm. kind of see an update on their lives. Um, yeah, some of the best crossovers I think, which was like, I think the Dino Thunder and uh, Ninja Storm crossover was really good because you got to see like where the Ninja Storm Rangers were and how they intersected with the Dino Thunder Rangers, and that, the same thing I think with reinforcements from the future, uh, which was Wild mm-hmm. Force and Time Force. Like those were really good ones. And even stuff like Once a Ranger, like, they still kind of touched on things. This was just like, oh, yeah, remember Wild Force? Fuck you. Remember RPM? Fuck you. Like, remember, you know, Lightspeed Rescue? Fuck you. Like, it it just felt like they didn't want to bother getting anyone, like, from any of the past seasons to come. And what makes it worse is because... There was kind of this rumor and, and everything that Saban did not like the Disney era, as well as Tycor also apparently did not like the Disney era. So, like, mm-hmm. the ranger pool you could have grabbed from was, like, you could grab people from Mystic Force. A lot of them lived in New Zealand. There was people from, like, Dino Thunder and, and Ninja Storm that lived in New Zealand. You had so many people from the Disney season that still lived in New Zealand that you could have called and brought over, but you didn't. No. And so you're just kind of left with these very empty little episodes that gave you nothing for an older fan who wants to see kind of, okay, where is this character? And nothing for a newer fan who's just like, what the fuck's a wild force? Right. Because yeah. I feel like at least with, the, you know, Spirit of the Tiger, you do have like a good understanding of Casey's character. Yeah. And like, it's just basically like, and I made this joke throughout the entire season is that whenever they would, like, morph into the past seasons or they would do, like, one of those, like, hollow crossovers, I'd just be like, man, I'd just rather be watching that season. Yeah. It, it, and, like... Yeah, we, we made that <laughs> joke from MS2-3K. It's, like, it was from, um... Overdrawn the Memory Bank, because the character was watching Casablanca, yeah. and I think... I think it was Tom that says, don't put the good movie in the middle of your crappy movie. Yeah, that's what this entire season felt like. And, like, that's especially, like, watching Spirit of the Tiger is just like, man, this, like, this entire season could have been really interesting if they had actually done something with the crossovers. But now I just want to go and watch Jungle Fury instead. Yeah, like, it's like, oh, man, Jungle Fury would be great to watch right now. Yeah. Um, so let us talk about the final battle a little Mm -hmm. bit. It was definitely a final battle. (laughs) Yeah, like... The whole setup of it was kind of weird, like, because, like, they've already killed off all of the generals and the emperor and and everybody, but then, like, he's got one last army, and that's when the rest of the Power Rangers come in to save the day. We popped very hard for almost all the former rangers. Like... Except Tommy. Except Tommy. We're just like, ah, <laughs> oh, divorce. It's like, unless you're divorced dad Tommy from Dino Thunder, we are not interested in you. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, because it was like, oh, it was nice to see, like, even though they didn't give anybody really much any lines or any sort of character to, like, check-ins, it was nice to see, like, Carter and Dana and Leo and, like, um, Carone, even though, like, because they would do these little bits where they would, like, kind of flash over their faces which ranger they were. And Damon, Damon was there. Yeah, Damon was there, um, Wes was there. Uh, they brought back Emily and, um, and Mike, even though they didn't say anything. (laughs) Um, and like, but yeah, so it was really funny. They would do these flash over their faces just to be like, oh, this is, um, this is Cassie from, you know, Turbo. And we we popped so hard for, for TJ. TJ! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I was so excited to see TJ, even though he barely got to say anything. Um... And then, like, there's this part where they cut at the end, before they, like, the rest of the Rangers go in battle, where, um, I forget the, Melody Perkins, is that right? Is, um, Carone's actress? Yeah, so Carone is, like, she's now the, since she's the Lost Galaxy, second Lost Galaxy Pink Ranger, she's about to put on her helmet, and she goes, I love being a Power Ranger, and they just flash, like, Astronomer's face (laughs) over hers before she puts the helmet on, I'm like, what was that? (laughs) Um, and then they, like, Tommy got the most lines, of course, because he's... Of course he did, because he's Tommy. It's just like, oh, great, badass with no actual flaws back, uh, Tommy. Ugh. Yeah. I like Tommy with flaws. Yeah. That that is my biggest way about Tommy, the thing about Tommy, is don't get JDF near the character anymore. (laughs) Yeah, like... The best version of Tommy was sad, divorced dad Tommy who's made mistakes. He's made mistakes and is gay. Not not yeah. straight Tommy. Uh, yeah. But uh, I, I found, like, one of the things we discussed, because, like, the a previous uh, Lost Galaxy co- uh, crossover had uh, Kendricks. So we just kind of, like, thought is, like, are, like Kendricks and Caron just, like, are together in some way? And they're like, okay, who wants the pink power? Who yeah. has time to go be the the Lost Galaxy Pink Ranger? You know. Yeah, they just they rock paper scissors yeah. for it, which which fits because you know it's like, I, I I guess what is it I said like the, it's like a closed uh polyam trio with like Maya, is what they are. <laughs> yeah, just, just gay, just this bunch of gay women living together, and yeah. you're like, okay, who's gonna be the Pink Ranger? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, fuck. Uh, and then we were okay so the thing that really got us was when they showed the uh jungle fury rangers uh, other rangers they would show and there would be missing ones but it would be kind of obvious like oh yeah well you know the the, the obviously like they were being they were in another team or something you know and, and that's why they're yeah, there. like i think because i think they cut to the dino thunder rangers and the black ranger is missing because obviously tommy is in his like green mighty morphin yeah uh powers so like obviously if they were if they were on a different team they cut like that ranger wasn't there but it cuts to the jungle fury (laughs) rangers and it's just the it's just the main three it's casey lee not leo um, casey theo and lily theo and lily even though you don't see their faces but you know it's them um so you don't see rj and you don't see tom (laughs) so they just made a headcanon that like they got so high on edibles, Fran made. 
Yeah. <laughs> DoorDash, like, hundreds of dollars worth of Taco Bell. And then Casey texted them later, like, hey, where were you for the final battle? Like, there was an invasion. And just, like, there was an invasion? It's like, what? what? The world almost ended? What was it to do? We were just high and watching cartoons. <laughs> just imagine... Yeah, imagine being so high that for two days you don't realize that there's an alien attack going on outside. Like, you just watch cartoons. And I'm just thinking Dom <laughs> and RJ, like, what did Fran put in these? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that's that's our headcanon and we're sticking to yeah. it. <laughs> uh, so now we have reached our verdict. And our verdict, despite the length of this episode... Uh, this was a big nothing burger of a season. Uh, I remember this being very hated when it came out. And I was one of the people who just despised the season. Like, God, I hated watching it. Like, just passionately fucked this. And now I'm like, okay, this wasn't as bad. But also nothing happened to even be passionate about. Like, I'm, I'm not passionate about anything that happens here, even if it just invokes a negative emotion. There was a whole lot of expectations, but nothing was delivered on. Uh, looking at the behind the scenes, it looks like it was a mix of meddling from everybody and winning an anniversary season just kicked out the door. So we got a very nothing season. I can't even feel anything other than it was just really forgetful. Yeah, so many people asked and were wondering what my take on the season would be because it's such a weird... And nothing season? Yeah, you're right. It's a weird season that I kind of feel nothing towards. And going through this episode, I realized there was a few more episodes that I actually liked than I said I did, but it's probably like four or five instead of just two. (laughs) Um, I feel like there was a lot of potential to do something cool this season, especially with it being the 20th anniversary of Power Rangers, and you know, you could bring in past Rangers, kind of check in on them, but it led to nothing and i feel kind of nothing except boredom tinged with disappointment that's all i got all right and thank you so much for listening to our show as (laughs) always we'd like to thank kate nix uh for her rockin theme song that she gave us you can find her at katenix.com uh where you can find her band camp merch and streaming as for the publishing of this podcast, she is on a break while she works on moving to her new home. Stay tuned to her Twitter and Instagram, The Goblin Mother, for more updates on that. Uh, we also like to thank Joe Hunter for the art. Um, you can find him on Instagram at Joe Bloody Hunter, as well as Twitter and Patreon um, um, with Joe underscore Hunter. You can also purchase his designs uh, on Threadless at joehunter.threadless. Dot com. Uh, his comic with Land Pitts, Beats Heart Strikers, is, um, well, it's currently hard to find as Comicology just shacked the bed recently and any Semitic comics are gone. But you can still check it up, check it out as a backup on Radiant Black, and we'll let you know as, as soon as um, backup issues are available. We also would like to thank Kurt Yoder for the editing. You can find him on great on twitter at great sg as well as great sg pixels for his perler art you can also check out and buy some of his perler art at great sg creations on etsy our wrestler of the podcast is kenny omega we like him well enough but he doesn't need our endorsement and neither does this season 
As always, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at, at MissKittyF. That has remained unchanged for years and probably will not be changing anytime in the future. Uh, you can also find a link tree on my profile on Twitter to all the links you can go and buy my stuff, either on itch.io or um, on my Square site, so ashley-likewell.square.site. Currently, all of my cloth masks are half off if you use the code FIRESALE with me at checkout. All right, and as always, you can find me at Twitter and Instagram at VelociRiker. You can also find my store, Coda's Magical Crafts, on Etsy under Coda's Magical Crafts, as well as codasmagicalcrafts.square.site as of this podcast release. Um, you can check out what I make, which is mostly candles, lip balm, and soaps, some hair and candies at the moment. Uh, and you can check out those stores' feeds at Coda's Crafts on Instagram and Twitter and Coda's Magical Crafts on uh, TikTok. As for Ranger Splain, you can check us out on Twitter and Instagram, Patreon, and WordPress under Ranger Splain. Our WordPress is rangersplain.wordpress.com. Uh, if you like our podcast and want to support us uh, in a way that's free and easy, uh, push like the like button somewhere, give us a rating, you know, all that stuff. Basically anything to beat the dreaded algorithm. And, well, that is it for this episode where we actually covered Megaforce. Next month, we are about to get wild with Power Rangers Dino Charge. Stay safe and may the power protect you. Go! Rangers play.